0: So uh, welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Team Stripes podcast. We are coming to you with a special guest. His name is Zach Roberts. He is the director of two different organizations. Number one is the Pennsylvania Ice Hockey uh, Officiating Group, as well as the Pittsburgh Elite Officiating Camp. So many of you might have run into Zach, especially if you're from those regions. And uh, Zach, I just want to welcome you on to the uh, podcast.
1: Oh, well, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. So, Zach,
0: where are we? Uh, where are we talking to you from today? Today, you're from
1: the uh, the fine confines of my office's conference room in Pittsburgh.
0: Yeah. So, for the listeners out there, we've been trying to track down Zach for a while, but uh, he's he's done a good job of keeping us away. But he couldn't do it for too long. So, uh, no, uh, we wanted to reach out because I know you've done a great job with with these organizations, especially through PEOC, as some uh, some of your attendees might know it better as. So. I'm just curious, like, could you give the listeners a little bit of a, a background on kind of your officiating career and just maybe how you got started?
1: Oh, absolutely. Um, uh, the thing that I that I talk about at camp all the time, um, and this is how I got my start, is the thing I preach to all of our attendees is you never know who's watching. So always go 110%. Always give your best effort. You never know who's in the building, whose who's eyes may be on you. Um, so to be honest with you, too many years ago, uh, I was having to to be working at Junior Showcase um, in August up in Erie, Pennsylvania. Um, and was trying my best to kind of break through into the, the Junior program to, and get, you know, higher up in the officiating ranks. And um, kind of hit a wall there for a couple of years where I had excelled when I first started and kind of just plateaued for a few years. And was kind of getting frustrated. Um, but what happened in this tournament um, in Erie, Pennsylvania. Um, and never in a million years did I think that somebody would have been watching, uh, the tournament. Uh, again, it was at Mercyhurst University, uh, up in Erie and it was lower to mid-level junior hockey. Um, and myself and a couple of my friends went up and did the entire tournament there were maybe eight to 10 games throughout the weekend. Um, you know, hard with a good skate. Um, the, the play was decent, um, and the pace of play was decent and everything. So about a week later, after the tournament, I got a phone call um, from a administrator uh, working with the Atlantic Hockey Conference, which is a Division One NCAA um, hockey conference down here in the States. And um, he asked me if, if I wanted to skate college hockey out of nowhere, he introduced himself and asked me if I wanted to work. Division one College Hockey, and I was blown away. And the reason I got the offer to work College Hockey is because of the way I skated uh, the tournament and the effort I put in, and the job that I did during that junior tournament up in Erie. Little did I know, during that tournament, the conference had their league meetings in a conference room that overlooked, overlooks the, uh, the ice surface. So during breaks and throughout the conference that weekend, I guess they were just watching the games and, you know, I guess the officiating department just, you know, out of habit was watching the officials and, um, picked me out of the crowd from there. Uh, And that's where I really got my, my break in this profession, because from there it, it, the plateau ended in the, the, um, the path upward continued. Um, I was lucky enough that Robert Morris university out of Pittsburgh started, a NCAA, uh, division one program. Um, so I started working there. Worked in Atlantic Hockey for a few years, um, and then got hired into the uh, ECHL. Um, in I think 2006, um, worked uh, and I'm still working in the ECHL. Uh, Entering my 12th or 13th season coming up in the 18-19 uh, season. Uh, worked uh, a lot of uh, a lot of seasons there. Um, worked. Uh, multiple conference finals, uh, in the ECHL. Um, eventually got hired into the American Hockey League, where again I still work today. Um, I've been there for, I think this is my seventh or eighth season in the, uh, in the American League. Um, and also worked, uh, in the Big Ten, um, since that conference was in a few years ago. So, um, I- I've been able to get to where I am today, um, do to a lot of hard work, but a lot of luck. Um, and I always say to people today, especially at our camps, who always ask me, "Well, where did you get your break?" I always, I always go back to that one, that one August showcase junior tournament near He says, "That's that's really where things picked up for me, and really, where yeah, my career in this profession started."
0: Yeah, and like it's it's pretty cool. You talk about kind of you know you never know who's going to be at the rink, and like I think you know going through the ranks, we we all hear that a lot, and I, you know it's it's almost as if it's something they just kind of tell you to scare you a little bit. Uh, but I mean, that's, that's a great story that you talk about is, you know, getting seen and getting that opportunity. And like, did you think that, you know, if that, if that might not have happened, did you think you'd be at the, I guess the level you are, you're at today?
1: No, I really don't. And there's a number of things that, that you look back on and you're glad didn't happen. And there's also a number of things you look up, look back on and are glad it didn't happen. I remember when I went to uh, USA hockey's regional camp, uh, gosh, almost 20 years ago now, um, uh, I didn't get hired full-time into USC hockey's development program out of that camp. And looking back on it now, because uh, that was my main goal going into that camp, but looking back on it now, um, I'm glad I didn't because a lot of the guys that I worked with in that camp that got hired out of it as a, as full-time in the apartments and junior hockey full-time back then, a lot of them only lasted in the profession about two or three seasons and just got burnt out. Mm-hmm. And, um, so I, I think the grind of the, of the profession just, just weighed on them at a young age and they all kind of got out of it. And actually, now the ones I still keep in contact with, none of them still work, uh, even officiate at all. So, um, that's one thing I look back on and say, dad, ah, I'm, I'm glad some things happened like the, like the, weekend in Erie, but sometimes i am read some of the things. I'm glad something didn't happen that I wanted to happen. So um, you, you never know what you know. Kind of strange events are going to transpire to get you to get you where you end up in this career.
0: Yeah, that's a that's a great point, Zach. And like, I think you know, I think timing really is everything, as you kind of were, were alluding to. And obviously, like you, like you were saying, you got to these high levels, like the American Hockey League, the ECHL. And, you know, you did really well. And, and, I mean, obviously you now run these programs, especially, like, like I was saying, like pox well-known. I mean, what made you want to get involved in kind of getting to the, the training side of things for refereeing?
1: Well, I wanted guys, at the very beginning of this, I wanted guys to have opportunities that I didn't have when I was coming up um, through the officiating ranks. And, and it's a lot different now the way USA hierarchy has structured their camps. And it's much better for participants, to be honest with you. Um, the way they had their, their prospects and their futures camps. Cause that wasn't around when I was, when I was coming up. And it wasn't around when I first started PEOC. Um, but what, what PEOC allows, um, allows it to happen, especially at the higher level camps we run, the prospect showcase camps, and the advanced camps. And instead of these officials having to go all over the place and attend all these different things and work with these different showcases, they can come to one spot. And especially like this year, at our prospect showcase camps, we had representatives from the American Hockey League, from the ECHL, from multiple Division One and Division Three NCAA uh, hockey conferences from throughout the country, um, and as well as uh, partnership with USA Hockey and their officiating development program. Um, we had Keith Cabal, who's one of one of my good friends, and I know he's done the podcast in earlier section, um, out to represent the. Uh, the North American League and the fishing development program. So when guys come to those camps, and girls come to those camps, um, whatever path they want to take, whether it be junior or college or pro, whatever they want to do, their are representatives there to, to speak to them and speak with them and, get, and give them guidance on what path may be good for them uh, and what they need to improve on to, to hopefully reach their their personal officiating goals, whatever they are, whether it's junior or or college, or eventually pro. You know, there's people there to, to give them feedback and, and and discuss, you know, how to how to how to make things happen and how to get to where they want to be.
0: And uh, you made a good point. Like I think, you know, you, you talk about getting seen, and you know, a lot of your attendees are coming for that very reason. And let's say you have a guy that comes in, or a guy or a girl comes in. You know, maybe they're close to getting to work in the USHL or the North American League, but they're not quite there yet. I mean, do you guys keep track of, of these guys throughout the season and, and kind of, you know, have a process for them to, to keep getting better?
1: What we do is we put them in contact with whoever they want to work for. So if it's, the pro, if it's the Fishing Development Program, whether it be the North American League, USHL, whatever it is, they get that initial contact, mm-hmm. um, and then they can touch base. To throughout the season because there are certain events, especially at the junior level, it's usually hockey, where they can kind of catch up throughout the season, whether it be NAPHL events, there's like games, hockey showcases where they also bring the officials in and kind of evaluate where they are throughout the season. Um, but I, I think the biggest thing that gives our attendees a leg up is um, on the quote-unquote competition of other officials that are out there that want the same goals is they dedicate that entire weekend and whether it be from their job, their families or their cousins or wives or boyfriends or girlfriends or whoever it is or kids to come to Pittsburgh because they want something in a profession. Mm -hmm. And that shows the administrators who are attending that they do want it because it's a financial investment too. You know, our camps aren't free to come to it's it's a big commitment time-wise and financially uh, to put, to put these things on um for for all the participants. So when these when these administrators see, okay, these guys are taking times away from their, their their work, their lives, their families, they made a financial commitment to be here. And that gives them a leg up over any other person who's not attending because they show that they want it and they're there. They're taking time away from everything else to to try to get to, to take uh to get to a showcase and put themselves in front of all these people that are here to watch them watch them work.
0: That's a cool That's a cool point because, I mean, honestly, that's not something I really would have thought of because, I mean, if I look at like from a from a Keith Cavall perspective who's coming to these camps and, you know, if I'm having to recruit officials, I think, like you say, if you see that commitment, it kind of helps you out because you know that it's somebody that's going to be in it for the right reasons for the long haul as opposed to, you know, bringing in guys that might not stick around for, for more than one or two years and having that, that high turnover rate. So that's honestly, that's not something I even really considered. So I'm glad you uh, mentioned that,
1: Zach. Yeah, one of the things I I have a kind of a pump up speech before our top camp every year, and um, we watch a kind of we watch a video, um, kind of get the, the guys and the girls going and gets the blood pumping before we before we um, get the camp started. And I do not invite the uh, the guests to this part of the of the camp. Um, and one of the first things I say to them, I'll pick some some poor soul out of the crowd and I'll say is there somebody back home from where you're from that wants the same thing you do in this profession? And so I always ask them their goal. So if some kid's goal is, or some guy's goal is to skate in North American league. And so you want to skate in North American league, right? And they'll say, yes. And I'll say, is there somebody back home who also wants to work in North American league? It's a friend of yours. And they'll say, and they'll say yes. And I'll say to them by being here, you just pass them up because you're showing the commitment to improve, to excel, to put yourself out there to showcase what you can do, and they're still sitting at home. Mm-hmm. So you just passed them. And
0: like the guys that you, the guys and girls that you bring in, do they have a pretty good idea when they come in of what leagues they want to get to next, or is it more just a an opportunity to kind of showcase themselves for different different opportunities out there?
1: Every different. A lot of guys come in and say, "I know what I want. I want to get into the program," or "I'm already in the program. I'm, I'm at the North American level, and I want I want to get to USHL." So a lot of guys have focused approaches when they come in. They know what they want. Some don't. Some have, they just want to improve. Um, especially at our lower level camps, they're just, people just want to improve when they come to those camps. At the prospect showcase camp, our top level camp, a lot of people know what they want when they come in there. They know who's going to be there. They know who the staff is. Um, and they know exactly what, what they want to get out of camp. That it's a, an invitation to, uh, you know, at a training camp later on in the summer for a specific, specific league, or the ODP, or whatever it may be. They they know what they want coming into that camp. But um, at the lower level camp, um, the advanced camp or you know development camp, it's all just about improvement, and having a good time. Yeah, and
0: like those guys that come in and they they have that idea of what they want to get to. I mean, it's interesting because from your perspective, you've you've got to see probably a lot of a lot of referees move up into these higher leagues and you've seen kind of what works in your camps in terms of, you know, getting the attention of, of those representatives that are there. I mean, to you, what are what are the big things that stick out when you when you look at the guys that have gotten picked up? Like were they just great skaters? Were they that whole package? Were they just what what was sort of that that that, that factor that stuck out to you for those guys that moved
1: up? I I think the biggest thing is passing the first thing is passing the eye test. I think physical fitness is a big thing, especially nowadays. Uh, with the way the game has changed. In a way, this profession has changed with it. Um, I think I think passing the eye tests and making sure you're physically fit, um, that goes a long way right off the bat. Um, that's one of the first things people see when they make a first impression of you is your overall fitness level, especially from an administrator standpoint. Uh, if they're looking to bring somebody on their staff, um, they're basically putting their name behind that person. So they need to make sure they, at a minimum, are physically fit to pass the eye test. Second is skating. Uh, that's the second thing that our our staff always kind of comments on um, after the after the overall appearance. Um, it's how well do they skate? Backward um, skating is a big thing now, even for referees. Obviously, with the four official system becoming more and more prominent. Um, so those are the, those are the two biggest um, this ones: with appearance and, and skating. Um, but that that doesn't mean, needlessly mean that, or, uh, necessarily mean that or necessarily mean that other things all come into play. Um, a lot of it is is um, their approach and they call penalties their cadence their confidence and what they do um, especially with penalty signals um, a, lot of, a lot of the officials we've, we've been seeing uh, they, they rush through the whole penalty sequence mm-hmm. and they don't slow it down and they forget sometimes especially as referees when they blow the whistle it's basically like every light in the building goes off except for the spotlight that's on them mm-hmm. and they rush through it and they don't look confident um, that's one thing you' always talk about. least that's your show. Like when when you go to whistle, especially for penalty, like that lights on, and you got to down with cool, calm, collected, and confident in, your, in that whole process all the way over to the penalty block So um, those are the main things that stick out. Mm-hmm. The skating, the skating, the appearance and the overall, lack uh, of confidence you show and showcase, um, yeah. especially as a referee. Yeah.
0: Um, and on that note, I mean, do you have like, do you have a lot of people that come in? Like, I'm assuming you have a great number of, of referees and lines that come in. They know what they want, but do you ever get attendees that are maybe new to officiating? It's like their first, second season, and they're just kind of going in to, to kind of get a feel for it? Is there, is there a good number of those kind of
1: guys? I yes, certainly do, and, it's, and that's, that's really a lot more prominent than our, our advanced and our development camps. Our development camps are geared for 17 and under officials. Um, we've been working a lot with, uh, uh, especially locally, um, the high school leagues and the amateur leagues, because we need to get more players involved. And we all know it's tough, especially as a player that's 18 or under, because the games are typically that are played in the amateur hockey are on the weekend, which is exactly the same time that they're still playing hockey. So it's tough to get those kids involved. But um, the big thing, is now, like I said, is to get people that are, are still currently playing the game at some level, I and we too with the, the high school and the collegiate leagues, um, that are local, uh, to the tri-state area here to get, to get officials, uh, get people into officiating, uh, that are still playing because they still feel for the game. They have, they have really strong hockey IQ, um, and it should transfer over well. So that's, that's really our, one of our, our newest initiatives here locally, both from TEOC and TIHO is, is we get a lot more people that are still currently playing, uh, into the, into the striped sweater and cross over to the dark side.
0: <laughs> well, uh, Zach, I'm going to put you on the, uh, the spot here a little bit because uh, we've had a lot of guests that they come on and they, they talk about exactly what you're talking about, getting former players involved. But at the same token, there's there's a debate, like, do we want just former players? I mean, because then, you know, you have some guys that say, well, that's not really rewarding, the referees that put in that grind for, for years. I mean, like, what's where do you come down on that side of, uh, of the debate there?
1: Um. Well, I I have no problems for former players doing it. I think that that's a good switch over from what what they've been doing as a player. They know the game. They they can they have a sense of the game. They have, like I said, they have strong hockey IQ. I still think that there is a benefit in climbing the ladder, though. However, I still think there's a certain process somebody has to go through to gain experience. Um, and I, I think it's tough just to throw somebody, you know, in a, in a higher level lead hasn't worked in that in that setting. Um just because of the the playing resume. I think that's the tough and it puts that uh, that official in a tough spot. Um but having said that, I just i I've seen it like there's a great benefit to to working your way up the ranks. And even in the next play if you have to even they can do it even in an expedited fashion. But I think there is uh a lot that in official gains by um Climbing a ladder and doing a certain level, and then graduating from that level and moving up, and continuing to move up level to level, just as a player would. Um, so, by I, I know I hear I hear the I hear the people that say, um, you know, the, the ex-players are are, are taking spots from guys who put the time in. Um, but as long as, in my opinion, you know, it's it's the administrators who make the final decisions, um, and it's their their jobs that are on the line when they make decisions, and uh, it seems that more and more that ex players is the way to go, mm-hmm. um, which I I don't have a problem with. Doesn't you know just to, to, that's that's fine. I just look there's a lot that any official can gain by working their way up the ladder um, and doing the, the leagues that you know whether it be junior C, junior B, junior A, and college, and you know eventually pro. That's there's a lot of ex- experience that can be gained working the levels and working your way up.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, just kind of going into the last uh, kind of part of our podcast here, but uh, I wanted to give you a chance really to kind of pitch your camp here. I mean, uh, for those, I mean, we are obviously understand, you know, there's a good opportunity to come to your camps to get seen by the higher level, you know, guys, like you said, Keith, Keith Cavell, you know, the guys with the NAHL, USHL, you name it. But I mean, aside from the development side, or sorry, the uh, the getting seen side. I mean, what can somebody that goes to camp expect from the development side? What do you guys focus on? Do you guys have videos? I mean, what's kind of the the uh, benefit on that side of things?
1: Well, we do individually a film review, long and short of it is. Our goal is to make each and every official better the Sunday that they leave than they came in on the Thursday or Friday evening prior. Um, at our at our get at our at, uh, development and advanced camps. Uh, it's all about video. A lot of these officials that are coming to those level camps have never seen themselves on videos. So we do a lot of skating drills where each individual official is filmed and they get an individual review with one of our staff members, whether it be a lines drill or a referee drill, There's a lot of one-on-one interaction with our staff, um, going over that their specific film. Mm-hmm. Uh, additionally, um, Every game that we officiate is filmed, and we break up our games into five minute shifts uh, or 10 minute shifts based upon how many officials we have. Um, and they get those those three or four officials get that shift reviewed right away uh, when they come off the ice. Mm-hmm. Um, moving up to that prospect showcase camp, um, that's kind of the meat and potatoes of that whole program. Um, it's always our, our pilot highest attendance camp every year. Um, we've had Guests and instructors um, that have been from the National Hockey League. We've had Furman South come in, We've had Derek Mell come in. Uh, we've had, from League, we've had um, Jim Day come in from the ECU. We have uh, Joe Ernst and uh, Ray King come in. We always have a ton of guests that are still working, whether it be myself, uh, Tommy George uh, came a few years ago. Uh, Denny Urban, who's a linesman in the American League, uh, comes through every year. A lot of new, uh, still up-and-coming officials that are working um, in the USHL and North American League that are still on their path up come in. And it's great to have them there because they can really relate to the people that are trying to take their place, that are in the camp, um, to tell them exactly what it's like right now as an NAHL official or a USHL official. Because myself and my with we work there, but we're pretty far removed from it. Mm-hmm. Um, from from the days of working junior hockey, so it's good to have those guys there who can give them a real-time assessment of what it's like day to day being an ODT uh, official. So, um,
0: and you guys have no. It sounds like you guys have a great staff. Um, one name that sticks out to me that you mentioned is uh, Furman South, or maybe I should say mm-hmm. Furman South, M.D. Because uh, I think if I'm not <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, he turned away from a medical career to pursue officiating, didn't he?
1: Uh, he did. He did. He's, he's, from, he's from this area. He uh, hails from uh, the Pittsburgh area. So I'm going to know from him pretty well um, over the past, past few years. I, I used to officiate his games when he played for Robert Morris, which is, like I mentioned prior, uh, they would have a Division One program here in the Pittsburgh area. But um, I, I worked at games. Uh, we played there. And when he transferred over to um, officiating, I uh, got to know him pretty well. He's, he's instructed a, a number of our camps. Um, we've done some presentations, looked at our other organizations, um, and done some seminars for us. And then I still work with him, um, even now, um, in the American League. And I still, so we, our frauds still pass, or still cross from time to time, um, in the American League. So, um, yeah, I, I've gotten to know him pretty well, uh, near the past year, which is great. He's a, he's a, he's a great skater. He has a uh, like I mentioned before, we were talking with the players, great hockey IQ, knows the game well, and um, continues to improve each and every season. I, mean, I remember two years ago, I supervised him. He was working NA3 or NA NAHL games, and um, but he did. He climbed the ladder, you know, through the program um, into into pro hockey. So um, there's a, there's there's a gentleman right there that shows the benefit of Climbing the ladder, even in an expedited fashion, still climbing the ladder and got his got his cup of coffee at each level on the way up.
0: And certainly a great role model for your camp uh, attendees. And just looking back at your time working and running this program, is there any special memories that stick out? To stick out for you?
1: Um, there's, there's quite a few. I mean, we have a good time. Our staff has a good time with it too. Um, it's, it's great to see the guys coming together. That's one of our. Um, that's that's one of the things of the staff that that we get the most of, uh, of uh, satisfaction out of is, seeing you know, the, the group of, of officials, from where they are, whether it be whenever the camp will start on the first day, whether it be Thursday or Friday, and then where they are, like, that midday Sunday uh, as a group, they really always come together as, like, a team, as a family, and it's probably because they're in the same room, whether it be our classroom uh, or the locker room or working out together outside. They're within 10 feet of each other for... Four days straight, so um, it's great to see the the group every year and every camp uh, come together as a team and I think once once that once they start to become a team a family um, everybody's everybody's game takes a step up, so everybody just seems to be better on Saturday evening and Sunday than they were on Thursday evening when they first got there so um, I think once everybody kind of lets the guard down and starts to become a group everybody everybody's game kind of raises so that's that's one of the biggest things we like to see as a staff throughout a camp weekend yeah i think you hit the
0: nail on the head uh, a family component that we all know is very important to the referee community and uh zach i just want to thank you for taking the time to chat and uh certainly talk about your camp and i know you're busy guys so uh, we appreciate the time and just before we let you go just any words of wisdom or words of advice for the uh, referee listeners out there
1: No, uh, absolutely like i I'll revert back to what i, I tell my can't participate each and every year and it's always give your best effort because you never know who's watching the game you're working so um especially for uh anyone who is wearing their name on their back when they're when they're working um make sure you always give it 110 percent and um you never know whose eyeballs may be on you when you're on the ice so that's that's my that's the best advice i can give every, any official
0: that's uh, certainly a smarter advice at the same time. So, Zach, thanks again, and enjoy the rest of your off-season, although I'm sure it'll be quite busy, and uh, best of luck down the road.
1: Thanks a lot. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it.